Never done a podcast before, so yeah. This is so exciting. Oh my God, great. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jeffrey Masters, and this is LGBTQ&A from The Advocate. Today, we're talking to Ian Alexander. Ian is an actor in the Netflix show The OA, and I really love this conversation for a number of reasons, but one of them is that Ian is 17 years old, and he talks about learning about being queer and trans online. He found info online as well as a community of people there going through the exact same things he was. And to me, that is such a fascinating change in the LGBTQ experience. And yet it's entirely common in young people today. So we talk all about that. And then just a heads up, next week, we're going to continue the conversation talking about LGBTQ people online, this time with someone on the other side of things, a YouTube creator. So that's going to be Gigi Gorgeous, who is one of the most famous and funniest YouTubers in the world. Stay tuned for that. That's next week. All right, let's get to it. Without further ado, here's Ian. I think you are our youngest guest oh ever. My God. So at any point I sound patronizing, just reach across and slap me really hard. Be like, ageism, come on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I want to start with YouTube, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because you first began to find info about being trans on YouTube. Is that yes. right? Yeah, I actually, well, it was a little mix of everything, but just access to the internet, like Tumblr, YouTube, Google. You know, I, I was very curious and I didn't realize that like my sort of obsession with like watching trans like YouTube videos was because I was trans. I didn't realize it until like a couple months, maybe like a year later. Um, but I was watching like, like female to male, like top surgery videos, like starting testosterone videos, like all this stuff. And I was just like, so intrigued and like connected with it deeply, but I didn't understand why. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think like it wasn't until I went to, like my school's gender sexuality organization sort of like club thing. Um, And I met like other trans people for the first time or that I knew of at least. And I was like, oh my God, like they can do that. So that means I can do that. And then like, I just kind of connected the dots and was like, oh, that's why I was like watching so many like YouTube videos of trans men. It's because like, that's what I want to do. So you were seeking out trans content online, yes. not putting it together yet. Not even realizing. That's like, fascinating. Like my, my first experience with trans people was just through the internet. Like I, I wasn't, I had no knowledge of trans people growing up. I was raised like pretty religious. And so I just, I had like a very sort of small bubble and like a small perspective of the world. And then like once I got access to the internet, when I was like 11, 12, I was like, oh my God, there's like this whole world out here that I didn't even know. And like, you can be trans and that's okay. And like, it just like kind of blew my mind a little bit. I was like, very shocked. Yeah. And and so where, where were you living at this time? I was living in the DC area. Um, I moved there when I was like 12. Well, I I lived in Japan before that. Oh, really? I moved from Japan. Yeah. When I was 12 to the DC area. And I think it really started like that summer that I moved and my depression started to get really bad because I was like sort of going through puberty, having gender dysphoria, but not having the words to describe it. And then that's when I started like watching all these videos and 
my parents were sort of like, oh, no, you're just like depressed because we just had a big move and like it's a big life change. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's valid. But also I'm feeling these things about my body that I don't understand. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's totally normal to be insecure about your body when you're like a teenager going through puberty. But I was like, I don't know if that's it. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, like a year or so later, I finally found the words for it. And it took me a while to really like accept that about myself. Like I just, I wanted so badly to be like quote unquote normal. Um, But now I realize that there's nothing wrong with being trans. I'm not broken. Did it take you a while to get to that place of being able to say that? Definitely. Uh, I went through this whole journey of like self-hatred and then finally to self-acceptance. And like, I really grew a lot as a person and had to mature a lot because I just, I just like was taught to believe that, you know, being and feeling the way that I was feeling was bad and that I needed to repress that and, you know, shove that deep down and ignore it. But, um, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't ignore it. I was too sad. I was too unhappy. So, um, I just finally accepted myself for who I was and I was so much happier after that. It's amazing to be able to say that at 17, Mm -hmm. you know, so many people come out later in life. Mm -hmm. And so like to have like the whole, your whole life ahead of you, like that's kind of mind blowing. It's, it's very lucky for me. I mean, like I, could have lived my life just being miserable and I could have been really really sad and unhappy and not really knowing you know why I felt that way but thankfully because of the internet because of my research and like obsession with um, social media and YouTube and stuff like that I was able to you know see this community that I had no idea like I had no idea existed. Yeah. And I was wondering where you were living because I was wondering mm-hmm. where you were going to school that there were other out trans kids. It was a very, very, very small group Yeah, <laughs> um, out of like the whole school, but it was a school of about that 5,000 kids. Wow. So there was, you know, there was a lot of us who were like in the closet and just didn't want to out ourselves by going to the, what was known as like, you know, the gay club. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing but, to know that you're not the only one. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I, I actually, I went back there after I graduated this past summer and um, I visited the school and just was like, oh my God, there's so many like LGBT students that I can like see and like talk to and they're coming up to me and they're saying, thank you. Like there's all these people that are just out and proud and it makes me so happy to think that maybe I had something to do with that. Yeah. It's so funny hearing you talk about that new crop of kids. Mm -hmm. I I think the new stat- The gabies. The gabies, (laughs) yes. I think the stat that came out from GLAAD is that 20% of them identify as somewhere on the LGBTQ spectrum compared to when you were in school, there was like 12 of you. And when I was in school, nobody was out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. You know, we whispered about one kid Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that was enough to keep me in the closet. Mm -hmm. But I think that like, it's such a big- change for the trans experience absolutely where you're able to access information online Mm -hmm. and other people going through the same thing Mm -hmm. i think that's the amazing thing about the internet is that you can see anyone's content you're not limited to what's only put on television or what's only put on you know public media like that that's all great but you have access to so many communities that aren't represented on mainstream media so like you're able to find you know these niche communities and then possibly discover yourself that way. 
That's such a great point because we talk on this podcast a lot about how compared to trans women, trans men are more invisible in culture and society Mm -hmm. and less prominent. And yet I guess the caveat is that I'm talking when I say that about traditional media only, but Mm -hmm. not digital media. Yeah. Because it was very easy to find other trans men online, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like there were like so many on YouTube that I I couldn't watch all of them. <laughs> like, oh, really? yeah, there was like so many like testosterone videos and stuff like that. I was just like trying to watch as many as I could. Um, but I don't think I've even seen all of them. So there are th- so many different ways to be trans. Did the videos you're watching reflect that? Actually, well, see, that's the thing is that I think I was focusing on a lot of um, like top surgery videos and starting testosterone videos. So I didn't really get to see non-binary people or genderqueer people or maybe people who are transmasculine but aren't like physically transitioning. So I think like it took me a while to realize like, oh, I don't have to be hyper-masculine to be valid. So I, I sort of went through a phase where like I rejected wearing anything fem- like that was considered feminine and like I didn't wear makeup. I didn't you know, I tried to like lower my voice, which was like straining my vocal box and stuff like that. Um, and then I realized I was like, well, I've always enjoyed makeup and fun clothes and like there's no reason for me to not continue doing that just because I want people to respect my gender identity. Like they should do that regardless. So, you know, like boys can wear dresses, boys can wear makeup. So I wish I had seen something sort of like that, like just reflecting how I feel about my gender expression. Um, Because a lot of the YouTubers I watched were very, very like... Binary? Binary, yeah, Yeah. binary. I think that's the word. I was was trying not to like say like dude bro or something like that. But you know, they're all like, yeah, I'm lifting weights. And like, you know, not that there's anything bad with that. It's just like, that's not who I felt like I was as a person. Well, I think that that is also, like, my reading of that is, like, a product of youth. Mm -hmm. Like, your generation seems not concerned with, like, historical gender norms. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, you like makeup and you like earrings. Mm -hmm. You're currently wearing two different kinds. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, mismatching, it's it's a gay thing. (laughs) (laughs) On Twitter, you've referenced being Mm non-binary, and then your current pinned tweet is saying that you pronouns are he and him. Yes. Is gender something that is still evolving for you? Absolutely. I think I've had a lot more space and independence recently, like just within the past year, I've moved out on my own. I'm no longer living with my parents. I'm in LA, like full time. There's a huge trans community here. So I think like my understanding of my own gender has definitely evolved since then. Um, And I, I have the confidence to, you know, explore with my gender expression and my identity a little bit. And I'm not like 100% positive of what my gender is. I mean, I I feel like a lot of people don't. And um, I'm like not dead set on trying to find a label. So I think that's why I may have like, I think I use transmasculine um, as like a label. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm non-binary, but I only use he, him. And then now I'm just kind of like, I don't know what's going on. I'll figure it out. Just be respectful. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just just like, I'm obviously um, still going to use he, him pronouns. I'm planning on starting testosterone. I always have been for like the past four years at least. Um, so that is still happening. Like I don't, I don't think that you have to be androgynous to be non-binary, but a lot of people have that sort of closed minded like perspective where they're like, Oh, well if you're starting testosterone, that makes you male, not non-binary, but you can, you can be on hormones and also, um, want to explore with your gender. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like the androgyny label is limiting because it tends to go towards like a white mm-hmm. body only and hairless. Exactly. Yeah. And um, people have body hair. <laughs> yeah. Because when, when you say androgynous, it's like, what is androgynous? And then people usually picture, you know, a tall, sort of flat chested, like skinny, white person with short hair. Yeah. It's like, that's not androgynous for everyone, you know? Like, I think of androgyny as a a descriptor, like a gender presentation, Mm -hmm. but not like an identity, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing that you're able to publicly say that you've not figured out your gender. Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep (laughs) comparing like old and young. But for me, I like only came out after I'd figured out I was queer and then struggled with it and then got okay with it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like you could only come out with a definitive statement, right? Yeah. And now or else people would question it. But yeah. now it's like, it's acceptable to try to figure things out because that's what everyone's doing. I mean, especially at my age, like, you know, sexuality and gender are very fluid things. And like events of your life can influence that, like how you feel about yourself or if you're more comfortable with who you are, then maybe you're more confident to like explore and try new things. So, um, yeah, I, I've definitely bounced around with a lot of labels throughout my 18 years but I just realized like you know that everyone's figuring it out I'll figure it out yeah I think that we now understand as a society that you're allowed to bounce around with labels mm-hmm. and you're allowed to change your mind yeah and that's kind of a new thing mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. And I think too as we become less rigid in our gender presentation and gender norms that also breaks our sexual attraction mm-hmm. definitely yeah I'm probably going to end up with a guy, you know, but sometimes I meet a girl and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so attracted to her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like I said, sexuality is a very fluid thing. Like, I don't believe that every, like anyone is a hundred percent one identity. Like things change, you know, like people fall in love with people sometimes and it's not about gender. It's not about sexuality. It's just about connection with that person as a human being. So yeah, I definitely feel like you know, there's this new mindset that everything is very fluid and I support that. Do you see that as something that is understood amongst most younger people? I would say like there definitely are kids that still have a more traditional mindset just because of, you know, like maybe the way they were raised or the area they were raised in, um, their own personal beliefs and ideologies. But definitely it is changing like things are changing people are more open-minded now they're more accepting and not so quick to dismiss people's identities and sexualities um and i think part of that is to do with you know the change in the internet and the media because when you see more queer people in the media it becomes normalized and then you're not alienating queer people in public spaces it's just a part of everyday life because we're regular people. <laughs> I think too, it affects when we come out to our parents mm-hmm. 20 years ago, someone comes out, comes out as trans and their parents are like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you come out as trans and you're like, it's like Caitlyn Jenner. It's like Laverne Cox. It's like that guy you love on Survivor, Zeke Smith, <laughs> you know, and these reference points are so powerful mm-hmm. to let your parents know that there is a path for you to have a happy future. Mm-hmm. You said that you grew up in a religious family. How did that yes. affect your coming out? Oh, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it definitely 
was difficult. Um, I held on to it for, for a very long time because I knew it wouldn't go well. I knew they would have a hard time understanding it. Um, but you know, I got it out of the way because I was like, I can't keep this secret anymore. It's, it's like such a burden on me. Like, I feel like I'm going to explode. I need to tell you who I am. And, um, you know, I just, I, I dealt with the consequences and it's been about over four years, I think since I came out and, um, so you were 13. Yeah, I wow. was, yeah, I was 13, well, almost about to turn 14 at that time. The OA was the first sort of acceptance and acknowledgement of my gender identity in like a full community that I got because I was on set and everyone just knew me as Ian and knew me as a boy and they didn't see me as anything else. And I think that was sort of game changing for me, like to realize like, oh my God, like I can be in an environment where I'm completely accepted and like supported. Like that's crazy. <laughs> um, Cause I didn't have that before. Um, and it really helped my mom to like start to use my name and pronouns as well, just because everyone around her was doing it. So she was like, oh, okay. Like this is natural. This is normal. Yeah. I'm just like so appreciative of everyone on the OA for being just so, so supportive and endlessly I already said supportive. That's amazing. Yeah. What What did you mean when you said that you dealt with the consequences? Uh, my relationship with my parents was definitely affected negatively. It made things at home very difficult because we were fighting all the time constantly about anything. And there was just so much tension because they they just had this extreme disappointment and guilt for like letting me get this way or something like that or like they felt like they had done something wrong and so and then also it was a lot of anger on my my part because I was like why can't you accept me like you know you're saying these terrible things about trans people to me and I'm trans like you know it, it was just a very rough few years afterwards um but I mean I've moved out independently and I feel like it's definitely helped to have some distance and to like start to repair that relationship with my parents because they are very supportive of me. They do love me very, very much. It's just it was hard for them to come to terms with the fact that I'm trans. Was your age an aspect where like they're like you're 13, you don't yeah, know? Absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually, they yeah, they said the same thing about my sexuality when I came out to them like a year before. I think I was like 12. And I told them that I liked girls and they were like, you're, you're 12. Like you're way too young to know what you're talking about. Like you don't even have any understanding of sexual identity yet and stuff like that. And I was like, well, but I, but I do like girls. Like I can tell. Um, and that sort of started like the divide in our relationship. And there was just a lot of tension and they, they wanted me to, um, continue going to church and, you know, praying and being religious. But I was just like, this isn't working for me anymore. I hate myself and I want out. Obviously that caused a lot of uh, conflict <laughs> in my household. Of but, course. Um, but yeah, that that's in the past now. And I, I feel like having them see me be happy and successful has really helped them come to terms with, you know, that this is who I am and this is you know, what I'm doing in my life. I hadn't thought of that because not only are you 
a public trans person. And mm-hmm. so they're seeing the world mm-hmm. recognize Ian mm-hmm. as this dude. Yeah. And so, like, that's very – that must be helpful. I just mm-hmm. hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it definitely um, – it for sure helped my mother um, come to terms with it. I think with my father, who was a bit in denial and was just like, oh, no, like, she's just an actress playing a male role. But, yeah, I, I don't know if they've really – enjoyed necessarily like seeing all those articles that are like this transgender actor is you know like doing this and stuff like that like I I feel like it might have been hard for them to see that at first but it definitely helped normalize it for them I don't know if this is a weird question but your character on the OA the Netflix show you're on is named Buck Mm -hmm. and one of the most prominent trans men is Buck Angel is there a connection (laughs) there Actually, so many people said that after the first season came out. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it is a very, if, if it isn't related, it is a very interesting coincidence. I didn't know if like the writers were like Googling like trans men. Maybe, perhaps. I mean, it's possible. Um, I actually don't know the origin of Buck's name, why he chose that, but. Could you find out and get back to us? Yes. <laughs> With the OA, I believe there's not a trans writer on um, in the staff, right? Not to my knowledge, no. So as a trans person playing a trans character that's written by a non-trans writer, Mm -hmm. how open are they to your feedback? Oh, very open. They actually, uh, before part two, um, the director, Zalbat Manglish, he contacted me and um, he was like, hey, this is where we're we're thinking of going for part two. Are you comfortable with this? If not, we won't do it, you know, like... I was like, oh, I'm I'm definitely open to that. And, you know, because the, they're, I don't know if I should spoil this, but this is coming out after yes. the show. So, okay. So um, in part two, the story follows two different dimensions. And in one, it's a version of Buck that hasn't socially transitioned yet. And so he was like, you know, pitching me this idea, making sure I'm comfortable with it. And after I agreed to do it, he was like, okay, like, let me know if you have any suggestions, anything like that. That's amazing. And that for the second season, they checked Mm -hmm. in with you. Yeah. Like your comfort level. Yeah. They, yeah, they wanted to make sure I was okay with it because they didn't want to make me like dysphoric or like uncomfortable. Um, But I was like, you know what? I like put on a costume basically my whole life so I can do this. Um, And I do like drag you know i wear wigs and makeup sometimes so i was like okay like this will just be like a fun little dress-up day um and it was fun i I actually didn't really have any moments where i felt super dysphoric because everyone was still calling me ian um and i had a lot of fun filming that and i'm excited for everyone to see it (laughs) that's awesome the oa has so many mysteries and secrets as for the viewers do you know where the show is going like are you clued into that that's a good question um i get like little teeny vague hints and that's all i know like really i i have like a very 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 limited knowledge of what's going to happen which is why i really need it to be picked up so i can find out what happens and Season three. Oh my God. I think it's like the weirdest and most in- interesting show on TV. Mm-hmm. Going back, you mentioned testosterone and mm-hmm. uh, starting that. Yes. Have you had to wait because you are under 18? Yes. Yeah. So um, you can't legally start hormone replacement therapy 
before you're 18 without parental consent. So that's why I am waiting until I turn 18 or I have to wait until I turn 18. Um, but that's happening like literally next month, like a month away, a month away. Yeah. Are you so excited? I am extremely excited. I've been waiting for such a long time that it honestly feels like surreal, that it's finally happening. Um, I don't think it's going to be real until I'm like, oh, I just got poked with a needle, you know? <laughs> Obviously, like, changes don't happen immediately. It won't be like a Captain America transformation, even though I would love for that to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm still excited regardless. A, a lot of my trans friends, they say that, like, the first shot of testosterone, just they could feel it in their body, like, coursing through their blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, have you been talking to other people about, like, what it's you're going to be experiencing? Yeah, I... I definitely have. I actually have a lot of friends who are on testosterone and I was I was talking to some of them like, what was your first appointment like? And they were like, I was so excited. I thought I was going to like pee myself or something, you know, just like that level of excitement. Like you're just waiting for this, you know, change. And um, I definitely know I'm going to be like very excited and probably nervous as well, just about everything. But I hope that it feels as great as people describe it as. I also hate asking that because I don't want to set like false expectations. Oh, true. Yeah, and then they just poke it and I'm like, oh. Well, I um I have heard of some people who like they didn't even notice that they were poked with the needle and then they pulled it out and they're like, okay, you're done. And they're like, oh wait, that was it. But that's usually people who have like fear a fear of needles because they're like expecting something super super painful, but it's actually not that bad. So, you know, it, it'll probably be like a mix of just like, oh, that was easier than I thought it was, like not as painful, and then also like oh my God, it's happening. It's coursing through my veins. <laughs> I'm so powerful now. <laughs> so with people you've been talking to, we we talked about this online community, but who is your like physical in-person trans community? So actually it's crazy because a lot of my friends that I've made since moving to LA, I've made like through the internet and then just like meeting up um, because a lot of my closest friends, I was like already sort of like mutuals with online. And then when when I moved to LA, I was like, we should hang out. <laughs> um, Hi, I need friends. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, like, that's what social media is for. Um, slid into their DMs. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's actually, I think, a majority, a great majority of my friends have been made that way. I guess just, like, meeting mutual friends of, you know, my friends and then becoming friends with them has been a big thing. Like, I've noticed that, like, pretty much all of the trans masks in LA know each other. And then, like, as well, like, all the queer people, queer people in L.A. have, like, it's just, like, a very small world sort of situation where you're like, oh, you're friends with this person? Well, I'm friends with their friend. It's like, um, have you seen the L word? Yes. Okay, you know, like, that map. Oh, I'm sorry. The Connecticut. Wait, who do you think I am? I'm a better lesbian than gay man. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, that scene where Alice, like, draws up, like, the map and, like, everyone's names are connected. Like, that's what, it, <laughs> that's what the transmasculine community feels like in L.A. Like, everyone's connected in one way or another by, like, a certain amount of degrees. Yeah. It's nice. Like, I, I like, cherish mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. It's like a family. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's like their only family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has it been a big adjustment for you living on your own? I think I've actually been ready to be like independent for quite a long time. So like, I mean, obviously, like there are like adjustment periods with every move. And it was very different, like not living with my parents. But um, I've really, really enjoyed it so far. Just having like complete freedom, just being able to like live my best life in L.A. and just travel and like within the city and like explore different parts and like it's just been so much fun 
I'm, I'm not like completely alone though. I do have a roommate um, who moved out with me and my dog who I've had since I was 12. So he's been through this whole like life wow. change with me. Yeah, he was he was really like what kept me sane when I was going through all of that like really rough like gender dysphoria, depression, stuff like that um, in high school. But now we both get to be happy boys living in LA. So <laughs> yeah, I love him so much. Oh my God. We're almost out of time, but oh. you're an actor, you're an artist, you're politically active. Like what do you hope the next five years looks like? <sighs> well, okay. So there's the pessimist part of me that's like, you know, we're fucked. <laughs> um, but then I really hope that, you know, the way that Trump has uh, polarized politics also helps like fuel an equal opposition. Um, like, you know, with every action, there's a great reaction or equal and great reaction. Um, so I'm hoping that my generation is inspired to be more politically active. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes, but we can come together and make the world a better place. Has Trump been the catalyst for you to be politically active or is it everything else? I think it might be a very like large combination of things, but definitely like he is a factor in this like big political movement and change that's happening. And, you know, young people are getting fed up. We're, we're tired of the way things are and we want change and we're willing to do things to achieve that change. So, um, yeah, I'm really hoping that the world isn't on fire in five years burnt to a crisp because of climate change and nuclear war but yeah amazing <laughs> that was very dark i'm sorry <laughs> no i liked it <laughs> i didn't think it was dark actually i thought it was realistic mm -hmm. thanks for chatting with us <laughs> of course thank you for having me yeah it's been so lovely <laughs> All right, big thanks to Ian for this. He's currently in the Netflix show, The OA, and the brand new season is out right now. I also want to tell you that we've partnered with Luminary, a brand new podcast app on the new season of this show. More info to come, but they're producing shows with people like Trevor Noah, Lena Dunham, Malcolm Gladwell, one of my personal favorite podcasters, as well as John Cameron Mitchell. He's doing this groovy musical podcast follow-up to Hedwig with people like Patti Lapone and Glenn Close. So if you want to learn more, go check it out and make sure you sign up before April 22nd. That way you'll be entered to win some super cool launch prizes. So check that out at luminary.link slash LGBTQA. There's also a link in the show notes. Again, though, that link is luminary.link slash LGBTQA. I also want to remind you that GLAAD is currently leading the progressive movement to fight for an amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Why is that? Well, they went to amend it to provide explicit protections for queer and trans people, for women, for communities of color, and for those with disabilities. If you want to join their growing movement or just learn more, go to glad.org slash constitution. And then as always, if you like the show, please tweet about us, post an Insta story, text your friends, help us spread the word, please. And thank you to everyone who's done that. It is so appreciated. Come find me on social media at Jeff Masters One. The show is at LGBTQ Pod, and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>